Welcome to Grateful Heart. I'm your host, Rebecca Hidalgo Rains, and today's show, I'm so excited. One of my main sponsors, Tara Krieg with AmeriFirst Financial, I went to her office not that long ago for a presentation, and it was with this guy. This guy's name is Brian Stevens. He's with the National Real Estate Post, and I've been following him for years. So to have an opportunity to actually go and listen to him in person, I was there. And meanwhile, Tara's boss, Eric Bowlby, this guy right here, he did this great presentation and he agreed to do it for me today on camera for you. And it's all about how the markets work behind the scenes, all those secret things that you guys don't know about. I listened to him explain it in layman's terms and I loved it. So I'm bringing it to you guys today. I hope you guys enjoy. Welcome Eric Bowlby, CEO, owner of AmeriFirst Financial. He joined back in 1998 and serves on the board of directors. He leads the development and execution of strategic plans and objectives relating to production opportunities. His efforts have been instrumental in assembling the core executive team of leadership that oversees the daily operations of AmeriFirst while driving the national production management team on cultivation of business growth. He has over 22 years of experience that began in the mortgage origination role, evolving over his career as the now CEO and owner of AmeriFirst. He focuses on several national multi-platform corporate growth strategies from expansion of realtor partnerships, enhanced production value-added programs, and it is an industry disruptor and cultivates an environment and culture that is empowering and celebratory for those who work with him. Mr. Bowlby is the mastermind behind the National Relo Funding Program, which is a progressive and innovative way to expand the loan originator and real estate agent's cohesive partnership. Mr. Bowlby continues to be an innovative mind, continually developing platforms that are collectively beneficial to the loan originator, agent partners, home buyers, and clients. Mr. Bowlby received his Bachelor of Arts in Justice Studies from Arizona State University, my alma mater. Please welcome Eric. Hi, I'm Rebecca Hidalgo Reigns, and you're listening to Grateful Heart. I started this show to help educate my clients on the real estate market, and it's evolved into so much more. I've found that I love talking to people, and I love learning new things. While our expertise is still on the health of the housing market, we want to focus on the health and the well-being of our listeners as well, more specifically where we reside in our hearts, in our minds, and in our homes. The biggest purchase in our life just isn't a house. It's where we raise our children, start a new business, pray for our loved ones, and follow our dreams. It's even where we listen to our favorite podcast. When we are successful at home, everything else just falls into place, and we are so grateful for that. Home is where the grateful heart is. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, guys. I'm Rebecca Hidalgo Reigns. I'm your host of Grateful Heart TV, and here are my guests I was just talking to you guys about. Eric Bowlby, President CEO of AmeriFirst Financial with Tara Krieg over AmeriFirst Financial, who you are one of my show sponsors and I lean on you all the time for information. Yeah. And that is why I asked you to bring this guy, this guy over here, Mr. Smarty Pants he's over here. Smart. Yeah, he's pretty smart. So I got to watch <laughs> that presentation with Brian Stevens yep. from the National Real Estate Post. A, I was impressed you were friends with him because I've been following him for years. Like, I was one of those nerdy girls 15 years ago. Back in the day. Yeah, that I was like, tw on Twitter didn't know what I was doing yeah. and I was sharing his posts. Yeah. And next thing I know, I had all these followers because they liked his content, not mine. I was good with it, <laughs> totally good with it. So I got to meet him at that meeting you two held at your office. Mm -hmm. And then I heard you, Eric. And I was so impressed with the way you explained basically everything that happens behind the scenes that most of you know, most of my clients have no clue what happens. And if they could understand, it might help them strategize for their future financial needs. Because right now we're kind of in this really weird place with rates and the market and the economy. 
Did I give you enough to get started, dude? Sure. Yeah. The, the, the interesting part I'm, I always want to bring up is don't ever pay attention to what you see in the media. Click Everything bait. that yeah, is in the media is absolutely horrible. It's wrong. And they sell things incorrectly all the time. So let's let's go back to 2007, which was the last right. major crash. So in 2007, the crash happened, and everything the media said was it was because of us lenders who wrote these horrible loans that had adjustable rates on them. Let's be let's be real though; they were based on the LIBOR and p setting people up for failure, were they not? So the answer is <laughs> you could say potentially because potentially. there was prepays. Mm -hmm. However, if you go back to 07. Mm -hmm. What were rates doing? Oh, rates were incredibly high back in those days. Like I remember having first and seconds and payments that were crazy. Well, the payments weren't necessarily crazy. You had people who could afford them up until their houses weren't worth what they paid for them. That's a true statement. And what the media told everyone was these rates were recasting and that their payments were going up. The only ones that were recasting and going up were negative AM mm -hmm. loans, which was a very, very small percentage of the market. Everybody else's rates went down. So for the audience, a negative amortization loan were those pick a payment loans mm -hmm. where you could actually make a payment that was less I remember than those. your interest only. Um, so that means your balance actually increases over time. So right. you owe more yes. because you're not making it in your monthly. Right, exactly. And then once you hit a cap, you can no longer make that very small payment. And that's where people got into trouble. Kind of like student loans. Yeah, that's interesting you say that, right? <laughs> okay, so keep going, Eric. So anyway, you had all these loans that the media said were rates were going up. Mm -hmm. That didn't happen. Rates actually went down. So all those people who were on adjustables, their rates went down, which meant their payment went. Okay, down. so I'm following you now. Like I'm thinking, because I've been doing this for so long, I'm thinking like 2003, 2004, what did they do between there and 2007? They went up, but yep. and then they, they went back down. Right, so every time you're in a recession, mm -hmm. Typically, rates go down because what does the Federal Reserve have to try and spur the economy? Rates. They can play rates. with rates. And they hope yeah. that, which, by the way, so everyone listening, the Fed's funds rate has nothing to do with mortgages it, rates. It really is a predictor of, of where the economy is at, and it's banks lending to banks on the overnight rate. So. Okay, wait, wait. So say that again, because that's the part that most of my clients never learn about, and I wanted them to truly learn what that means. The banks loan each other money. Like, right. who'd have thought? You know, I'm, I'm sorry, Eric, but no. you know, most of my clients don't think in those terms. So then when I heard you explain what you're about to explain in those terms, it made so much sense. Yeah. yeah, It really did. And that federal funds rate is not tied to mortgages in any way, shape, or form unless you have a HELOC and you're on a prime adjustable. Mm -hmm. That is the only one that it truly affects. The rest of them are all tied to the 10-year T-bill. Uh, so wherever those rates are going, which is going to be based off of consumer demand, right? So when the mar stock market's doing well, what do people do? They pull their money out of the bank, they put it to the stock market. Yep. When the stock market's doing bad, what do they do? They go buy real estate. Real, that's what they should do. <laughs> they go buy real estate. They the smart should. ones do. The smart ones do. Most take it out, put it back, back in cash. Bank. And they're, they're putting it into CDs, they're putting it into bonds, they're putting it into the safer bet. Mm -hmm. So when rates are, are, when the stock market's doing bad, money starts flowing back into the 10-year T-bill. When there's a bunch of demand for the 10-year T-bill, then the rate goes down. So everything in this world revolves around supply and demand. So yes. Yeah, true story. Real estate, why did we go so high the last couple of years? Because there was no and inventory. Demand. Supply and demand. There was no inventory. There's a ton of buyers. And a large portion of that is, is predicated on we're living longer. Okay, so I saw something this morning that scared the crap out of me. And I don't know if you guys agree with this, but I, I watched the news, 1440, it's an email, because I don't like to get into politics when it comes mm -hmm. to my news feed. And they said, since 1950, we have tripled, tripled 
the amount of people that live on this world. Mm-hmm. You already knew that? that I did was not sca- know, but I don't doubt sc- it. That was scary to hear. Now, they said because we're living longer, we have all these things that are keeping us healthier, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, for some reason, um, we're not procreating like we did, so they do expect that to kind of curve down. To come down. down, yeah. Yeah, so it won't be like that forever, but right now, it's like everybody got healthy all of a sudden since 1950, and we're all living a lot longer. Right, so, so you're actually now foretelling where the market's going to go. So right now- We need more houses. Initially. Initially. So, so we, touch on this. Yeah. So yeah, when you talk about where the next crash okay, is so going to like, come. Okay, so that was like in unison. Did you two play on that <laughs> initially? No, but- <laughs> I think we both know where this is going. And we, we think a lot the same, yeah. right? So, and that's why we've gotten along. I've known Tara now for 22 20 years. 22 years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I met her when she was just a teenager. She was very, very young. <laughs> yeah, That's when a, I got into business. Before. I was a baby with babies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So take the, the average age just over the last, say, decade. We, we've actually added about eight years longer to the average life expectancy mm-hmm. in America. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about that, it be, happened to taking place with the baby boomers, mm-hmm. which is the largest segment of the our nation's population. Right. So those eight years of inventory are not going back on the market like they normally would, right? With, with the mortality rates so, of people yeah, dying. Yeah, that's true because people are living longer in their houses. They're staying around longer. Yeah, well, we keep coming up with the fancy mortgages like reverse mortgages so people can I live there for free. I love reverse mortgages. I do <laughs> oh, love reverse mortgages. They are wonderful. They are absolutely there wonderful. There is a place for them for sure. And then you know what? Because time out real quick. You and I were talking yesterday, and mm-hmm. I know this is off topic, but Tara, you said something to me about VA mortgages. Do you remember what we were talking about? Because I was but like, you can, yeah. what? So we talked about the fact Pay attention, that, Fry, because I want you to make a clip out of this for me for later. Um, I was sharing with Rebecca that the VA loan is the only loan that allows a seller to pay off the veteran's debt to help them qualify for their home purchase. That's some pretty cool stuff. That's significant. So for our vets, that's a big deal. And I just want to remember deal. that because we have these loans to help our seniors and we yep. have these great loans to help our vets. So, okay, mm-hmm. we digressed. I'm sorry, Eric. No, no, we're, you can jump off anytime you want. It's so anyway, I can do that. Exactly. And, and, hey, did you know I'm a surfer now? I'm just kidding. Keep going. <laughs> I know a great place. Okay. Newport Beach, the wedge. Okay. We'll talk about it later. Okay. Okay. So people are living longer. Uh-huh. And then, as you mentioned, they're not having as many children. Yes. So eventually, as the people, this older generation start dying off, which my father's one of them, so I'm hoping it's much longer. L- longer than yeah. our generation? Yes. Because yeah. yes. we're all the same age, yeah. pretty much, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm hopeful it lasts a lot longer because I love my parents and I don't want to see them go. Yeah. But when they do, and there's not, there's a potential that there will not be as many people living in this country. And I say the potential because it really depends on what our immigration policy right, is. Right. right. So we can make up for the lack of procreating by allowing immigration more alone. people to come in. So yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to see a massive influx of inventory, but that we could. And it's, it's to say necessary. that if we didn't change our immigration policy at our current rate of appropriation, but we would have an excessive amount of houses. And one of the other things they touch <clears throat> on is that there were um, families that had four, five, and six kids, and so they had quite large homes. It wasn't uncommon at all to have a 4,000-square-foot, oh, no. five-bedroom home. Today, Everybody the younger generation, that. they don't want all that space. Mm-hmm. They don't want all that maintenance. And so the other side of that is we're going to have these McMansions that nobody wants. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. Well, I can foresee maybe in, in-home in care facilities for all those aging folks that no longer assisted are living on their care own. Fa- yeah. yeah, assisted I mean, living. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll get creative when the time comes, but well, right you now- You smart people will. The smart people will. Yeah. Right. No one's that. Not, most people don't do that. Most people live paycheck to paycheck and they're never investing in their future. 
That's heartbreaking to me, Eric. You know, I honestly don't want that to wish that on any of my clients, you know, to hear that they're living paycheck to paycheck. And that is the true reality right mm -hmm. now, especially with the economy that we're in. Thank goodness the recession news was a little bit better. It has been improving. But here we are again. Banks are loaning money to banks at what rate, guys? Bringing us back to where we were at? What are we talking about here? So, well, I think what it comes down to and what you were just touching on is inflation. Yeah. So inflation is improving, meaning yeah. the cost of goods, services, and housing is starting mm -hmm. to come down a little bit. Um, but where he's going is that rates have gone up to cause that slowing. And the recession is where we'll see those rates start to come back down and housing start to pick back up. Right. Yeah. So where we're at today it's is just a, a matter lot, of time is uh, yeah. a lot of bad media publicity yeah it, <laughs> so in the week of the politics that you know arizona can't count their votes yeah <laughs> i'd say there's a lot of negative in the media right now well, but negativity is what sells most it's true and so if I, I get it if i was in the media business i'd be selling negative news all day long because that's what people want they listen and they get Catches scared the and they they, they want to know what's going on they sell fear I, it's scary I, I oh p.s Eric's going to explain some numbers to us. That is my logo. That's why this is hanging. I just thought I better explain that. <laughs> so you, you have people who are betting on a market that is simply bad information. I'll give you an example of where we sit today. So we, and by the way, I was in a, a conference last Friday. Mm -hmm. Five real estate agents, massive agents. Like the lowest one did $36 million and the highest one did $250 million. So we're talking oh, yeah. pretty Big successful. Producers. Mm -hmm. I listened to almost every one of them say, now's not a good time to buy. Why would what? all of them say that? Kid you not. One Were of they them, local? Yeah, every so one of them all, here in Arizona. So they're probably all my friends. I probably know yeah. all of them. Yes. And th they've said it because they believe rates are going to go down next year, so we should buy next year. But why wouldn't we date the rate and marry the house? I mean, what's up with and, that? And divorce your landlord. And yes. divorce your landlord. I, because right? it's all about supply okay, and demand. Okay, so that's the first time I've ever heard anybody. That's why you're here today, Eric. You <laughs> added on divorce your landlord. I love that. So I'm going to have to add that. I'm stealing that, by yeah, the way. Yeah, still, still away. Okay, cool. So I'm listening to him say, and the problem is, is when you wait too long, anytime you try to time the market. We just said this. You're going to lose. Yeah. Yep. Right? I, I was telling, in fact, I stood up at the end of this, this seminar I was at, and I got up and said, you guys are all crazy. Let me, let's break down the math. So th this will be different math than what we talked about. Mm -hmm. um, but just to do it very simply, if you bought it, were to buy a house last year. Yeah. And the appraised value of the home would have been 500000 Okay. What would you have had to pay to get it? Five fifty. I agree with you. 10% over market yeah, or yep. you weren't getting it. Or you weren't getting it. And you better have that in cash. And you didn't get to have a, an inspection. Nope. Or if you did, it didn't matter. They weren't right. fixing anything. So it, you may absolutely. have a, a roof that was bad. You may have AC that was bad. You may have all these repairs. They weren't going to do anything. No. Nope. But let's say you bought My the- My sellers didn't even clean their houses. Are you kidding right. me? <laughs> it didn't matter what that place looked like. And we have one in common that I think I got them 12 offers, 25 grand above list, and their pool wasn't even filled. Yes. And it still didn't close because my sellers said that wasn't enough. I mean, yeah. it just- Sellers got greedy. Yeah. But they could last year. They yeah. could. Because you put it on the market in two or three days it sold. And and now that it's taking 60 to 90 days, you have like this panic amongst the real estate community. Like, oh my God, we, this is me. horrible. Mm -mm. It's See, that's normal. But the, the, a lot of agents are selling bad news. They're, they're hearing oh. the news and they're regurgitating instead of me. thinking for themselves. And, and going, you have a lot of inexperienced agents that have never been in a normal real estate market. And so for them, they this feels like something's wrong. And yeah. that's why they're price reducing at an accelerated rate. Yeah over and over again, which some of that, that's good for us, for our buyers, right? So let's, you, you take- You know, it, it is good for us because we're all experienced and we have great clients that are gonna come to us 
but it's kind of a shame to hear that that's going on out in my industry with my partners that do the same volume that I do. Right. Because I'm looking at for every silver lining in every season, um, <laughs> and there are plenty of them out there if you're looking. Anytime you buy real estate, if you look 30 years in the future, you look like a genius. Of course yep. you do. Plain and simple. If you buy and hold, if you're, but if you're looking to flip, yeah, that's where you're gonna get caught with your pants down. And that's what happened to our iBuyers last year, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, the builders too. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's where we're at right now with all of them dumping their properties. I think the pricing coming down is a temporary thing. That's my personal opinion. So I think date three. Marry the house and divorce the landlord. <laughs> yeah. I love that, Eric. Yeah. People complain about the rate, 7% rate. Mm -hmm. What do you pay when you're paying a landlord? A lot 100%. more. It's 100%. Yeah, you're, you're, 100% losing you're losing everything. Right. Yeah. right? And you don't get to write it off either. Right. No. So 550 is what you had to pay for it. Mm -hmm. Rate was 3.5%. Today, house is worth 500. What do you pay for it? Five. Oh, maybe 475, maybe 460, depending on how desperate that seller is. I'm going to go all the way to 450. I think we've already, you can make an offer down 10%, not, not on every property. Not on every property. It depends on how desperate mm -hmm. the seller is. Mm -hmm. I have my sellers that I go into their house and I tell them what we're dealing with and they're like, okay, I'll wait till next year. Thank you very much. Right. Yeah. And then I have some that have to sell. Well, it's the have right. to. We it's talked about that. It's the have to. And there's a lot of people who don't have to, but they've been sold if you don't. You're going to lose, gonna more. lose more money. Yeah. To be the lowest on the market today. Let's move your house today because if you wait another month, it's going to go on 2 3%. 450, right. I agree. With, I'll, I'll go with you there. If okay. you're, if you're, I'm selling it today. Yeah. Now, can I share a quick story? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm under contract right now for one of my listings. Um, it had been remodeled. It's in downtown Chandler, you know, just a mile away from downtown Chandler. And we're under contract and we had multiple parties interested in mm -hmm. it. Like we were racing and even got a text this morning from the agent whose client didn't write in time and mm -hmm. lost out. And guess what we got? We got full price with just three points. Because you priced it right. Because I priced it right. Right. Mm -hmm. And we weren't scared. We weren't freaking out. We were just scheduling open houses to come up. And well, and I'm guessing the quality of the listing going to market was good because there's a lot of garbage out there. Well, and that, that was how I set the stage. Like, okay, if you have to today, I need all the toys out of those cabinets. I right. need this staged. I need this cleaned. This is everything that you have to do. And they listened. Right. And they sold it for list price. Mm -hmm. They didn't get raped. I wouldn't let them. Right. So that's kind of scary to me that my colleagues out there are looking at things so negatively and not giving our consumers the confidence that they should have. Because the market is actually, in my opinion, pretty darn good right now. Well, it's fantastic. Yeah. So what I to finish off the math on that, I stood up. I was walking them through this. Uh-huh. And I, so... What's the difference? And I'm going to use a 7% rate, even I know they're oh, lower Oh, so now. we're going 457 versus 550 at three? Well, and and make sure you do all the math right. So if you were buying a house that was worth five for 550, that means you needed to pay 50,000 50 down mm -hmm. to match the the difference between appraisal. Absolutely. And then let's say you're going to put 20% down, so $100,000, you needed 150, you end up with a loan amount of 400,000. Mm -hmm. Use the same 50, 150 now, you're buying it for 450, you end up with a purchase or a loan amount of 300,000. Mm -hmm. Let's say your rates double. You went from three and a half to seven. Mm -hmm. Your payment is up $200. That's what you're going to pay. $200 mm -hmm. more in payment. If you take 100,000 divided by $200, your break even is 500 months. 41.7 years is what the math of 41.67 is. I'm doing the math in my head. Mm -hmm. To break even. So if I came to you and said, I, I want you to invest $100,000 with me, because mm -hmm. that's the difference in your payment. Mm -hmm. And in 41.7 years, I'm going to give you $100,000 back, no interest. That am sounds I, like a terrible deal. <laughs> am I hired? No. But last year, we sold the hell out of this. It's true. And we, what did we tell story. everybody last year? We Don't said worry. you want to buy it before rates go up. 
because it's going to affect your affordability. Right. And that was a true statement. I yep. w- that was a true statement to a degree until we started hitting the threshold. So I, I will I will say like in 2020, life was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem like it was a bloodbath until 21. That's when things really kind of got ugly out there on the streets with trying to get people right. under contract. I would agree with that. And then it's where we saw a lot of the you guys had one of them yourselves. Cash um is king. Cash is king. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ways that we try to get around the problem yeah. to help our clients. You know, we're, we're always looking for innovative ways. The market ways. will find a way. I always, always say The market that. will always find a way. Yeah. Now that said, I'm going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to come right back because I cannot wait to see Eric's math. Like, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. <laughs> if you're looking for a mortgage, you need a personalized plan, not a click button get mortgage option. My team and I have saved families thousands by proactively planning their home purchase or a refinance. Buying a home is a huge decision and it deserves a strategic approach. My team and I provide a comprehensive mortgage plan, including a complete credit analysis outlining the steps needed to improve your credit score and help you qualify for the best rates and terms in the market. Visit us at tkteam.us today. We'll ensure you get the best guidance so you can make the best decisions. The TK Team, moving you forward. Hi, I'm Rebecca Hidalgo Reigns with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, and I've been selling homes here in the Valley for over a quarter of a century. I want to say that experience truly matters. So when you're looking for a realtor to help you either buy or sell your biggest purchase of your life, I hope you'll consider using me. My experience doesn't matter near as much as my clients. So I do dare you to Google me and I promise you'll see nothing but fantastic reviews because I really do truly care to help navigate you and your family to the very best experience you'll ever have with buying a home. Have you been thinking about buying a new house or refinancing your existing mortgage? Interest rates are still around historically low levels. Why pay a higher rate when you don't have to? Call Joe Smith, me, at Epic Mortgage LLC, 602-741-4121 for a free mortgage quote or pre-qualification. Epic Mortgage LLC is a locally owned, independent mortgage brokerage that provides low-cost options for its customers. Independently owned means low overhead, so you get the best rates, fees, and service. Keep more of your money. Brokers are better. Realtor recommended for over 20 years. Contact me, Joe Smith, at Epic Mortgage today, 602-741-4121. Whether purchasing a home or refinancing, we know you have choices when it comes to choosing a title company. Navi Title Agency is the leading source for all title, escrow, and marketing needs. With access to the largest title insurance underwriter, Navi Title facilitates successful closings and protects clients from fraud. Creating solutions that save time and money for everyone, ask your realtor or loan officer today about using Navi Title on your next real estate transaction. Navi Title Agency is locally owned and operated in the state of Arizona. We're back from the show and we've already started the show. Um, sorry guys, I'm begging Eric over here. I'm just so anxious to see him do his numbers up here. It was such a great presentation. And it was mainly what I was trying to get was I can sit, tell you no ifs, ands, or buts, how many of my phone calls that I'm getting today, people are scared. They think the world's gonna like come raining down on their head. They think their house is gonna drop in value and they're gonna be out on the streets. It's like that fear is yeah. so real. Because there, a lot of them have PTSD from when I was helping them do short sales 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the difference in the market 15 years ago, like I love that movie Get Short because I thought that was so great to educate mm-hmm. my staff who was too young to remember what happened 15 years ago. Um, I was there. You were there. You were there. Yeah. And what's different today? 
why are we not going to see what happened repeat? What do you think, Eric? Well, let, let me make sure and qualify with we could see it. The reality is in our market, everything is predicated upon consumer confidence. True. So the reason why we had the default back in 07 was because people saw their inch, their their value of their home shrink and shrink and shrink. Mm -hmm. So take Queen Creek, for example. Who wants to keep paying for a house that's not worth what they paid for it? You, you bought a house in Queen yeah. Creek that was 1,300 square feet. You paid $300,000 for it. And in 09, you could buy it for 43000 Oh, heck, we were out in Florence selling HUD homes for 65 grand, yeah. right. and they were like 4,000 square foot houses. Yeah. And so that was really what caused the foreclosure boom. Mm -hmm. It was had nothing to do with affordability because these people made their payments prior to. And they made their payments usually on everything else other than the mortgage when they stopped making the mortgage payment. Well, and I think that's such a huge part of what you just said. It wasn't that all of a sudden the whole market couldn't afford their house. It's that there was a Choosing decision to. Yeah. to walk away from what they viewed as an <sighs> investment that was no longer a good investment. Yeah. And at that time, the majority of the financing going on was at 100% loan to value. So yeah. people had no skin in the game. 80-20s. Yeah. All day long. 80-10-10s. And we live Earl. in a no-recourse state. Mm -hmm. And so that was part of it. People mm -hmm. could walk away and not be financially responsible for that deficit in most cases. And we were lending to some people, in fairness, that we shouldn't have. Uh, I saw, thankfully, Marifers didn't do it, but there was a company back then called SIB. SIB was one of the first ones that came out with the 100% state income, stated asset investor loan. That Nina, uh, Nina Ninja liar no income, loan? No income, yes. yes. Yep, but 100% financing for investors. An investment property on a stated income. Yeah. And, so, and so when they made a bad investment, they just said, to hell with it. I'm out of here. Right. So, so the one I reviewed for them, they had one person who was a teacher who bought 40 houses. I thought it, you're only allowed to buy four properties or up to 10. If no, you're, not, not, not back, back then. then. That's true. Not back Everything then. changed That's after because back of the, then. Because yeah. of this one customer, SIB changed their policy because they had 40 foreclosures because they lent to somebody who had never been a property manager before, ne had no clue what it She had it no took. clue what she was doing. Right. She probably had a relative who was a realtor who was ca cashing in on all those commissions, selling them all those right. houses. So we have that going on. Then we start seeing it drop. And then at the same time, not only were you seeing the, the, the values drop. The payments were adjusting. But no, no, payments were going down. Oh, that's right. But you had a ton of people who could not refinance because the values they were, were upside, their values were upside mm -hmm. down. They couldn't tap into their equity. Mm -hmm. Then they came there was up with, no equity. There was, there was no equity. So then there was Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac who came up with HARP. Oh, I remember HARP. So you could refinance even if you were upside down. Mm -hmm. Yep. Take advantage of the lower But what rate. a lot of people didn't know when they came in to do it is they never had a Fannie or Freddie loan because the secondary market at the time was paying more than Fannie and Freddie were. So you had all these people that instead of selling it direct, Subprime, but subprime has different levels. So yeah. there's A, like B, and C. Mm -hmm. and But they could get a higher, by throwing that A paper loan into something and mixing it with Bs and Cs, the overall package became more valuable to them. So they never sold it to Fannie and Freddie. So these people came in going, oh, I heard about HARP. Can I refinance? I want that rate 6%. And I, tried, I tried to help a lot of people do... Um, their uh, loan modifications back in the day and mm -hmm. hardly anybody qualified for loan mods. Right. You know, that's where I just transitioned straight into doing short sales because if they wouldn't get qualified on loan mod, I had no other choice. Well, and it was so much more complicated then because it was a, you know, fund manager on Wall Street that was making decisions about what we were going to do with this mortgage right. as opposed to a blanket Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac or the government rolling out a program that benefits the masses. Mm -hmm true story we were all there and we lived it so that's what happened then yeah and so the difference of now is the consumers even though they're pulling back mm -hmm. they're pulling back because they're getting bad advice but they're still they're only pulling back they're not that walking away 
And the average consumer today has a close to $200,000 in equity in their home. So as long as you have equity, what do you not do? You don't walk away? You don't walk away. Well, and I think the other part of that is that most homeowners are sitting on historically low fixed rate mortgages that are well qualified and they couldn't go rent for their mortgage payment on their home today. So there isn't an incentive well, for no. them to. Those are my want to's who call yes. me and then when I educate them on what they're looking at, then they're like, oh, okay, I'm just gonna stay here for a while. Yeah. Right. Uh, let me know when it's okay. You know, yeah, it's definitely the have when it's okay. And I think it's interesting too, when you look at the homes that are listed for sale today, how many of those homes were purchased in the last two years? Because there were people that definitely ended up spending more than they had intended because home prices went up so quickly yeah. and they just out they overstretched their reach and then add inflation on top of that and increase costs of fuel and groceries etc and now all of a sudden that home um, maybe feels you know unaffordable where when they first got into it they thought well, and that's why work. consumer credit debt is raising at a rate that you know maybe they should tap into their equity and do a HELOC or something to consolidate their debt to keep them in there because when I'm getting these phone calls I have had a handful of calls from people who've lost their jobs. So that does feel real, yes, like that's real. compared to 15 years ago, you know, people were losing their jobs. I was getting those phone calls. And right now I'm I'm encouraging them to hang on. If they can, yeah. If they can, maybe call and get some help, forbearance or from something. From their servicer, yes. Um, just to stay in there because we all are expecting rates to pop down. And when that happens, we are expecting, you know, the demand to come back up. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And if demand comes back up, Prices might come back up and we might see some competition because I've already seen competition on my good houses. Well, I think that there's going to be a big difference on what a seller can demand for their house today and six months from today. Absolutely. So there you have it. I'm trying to get people to hold on. But if I have somebody who wants to buy and they want to date the rate, marry the house, divorce the landlord, <laughs> but they're scared, what can I tell them, Eric? What are they scared of? That's a good question. We need to ask and d dive into that. But I think most of them are just scared that their house won't be worth what they paid for it tomorrow. So that only matters if you're selling tomorrow. That only matters if you're selling tomorrow. Do you know when the best time to plant a tree is? I would say probably, I don't know, springtime? That's the exact answer I gave a farmer. And you know what he told me? Fall? 30 years ago. Because <laughs> <laughs> now it's big, it's beautiful, it's producing fruit. Yes. When's the second best time to plant a tree? Springtime. Today. <laughs> the answer's today. There's real estate, so you can put on two different hats. You can uh -huh. first say, am I a homeowner? Mm -hmm. Is this where I'm raising my family? Yes. Right. And if that is the case, how long do you plan to live there? Right. The answer is five to 10 years. I am sure you are gonna have more equity in five to 10 years. Most of the people who walked away from their houses back in 2007- Would have been made whole. They, yeah. Well, right I now they're it. all whole. They all would have been whole. They all would have Plus, been whole. Yeah, yeah. I Plus saw some. I saw that in fifteen. A lot of my clients who didn't sell, right, were made whole by fifteen. Well, 16. and how long did they rent? And their credit, and how much more did they pay for their automobiles and oh, no. insurance? You know, all of those things. Yeah. There's just so many consequences of those things that they don't take into consideration when those decisions were being made because they were getting bad advice. They were just walking away from negative. It's only a negative when you cash in. It's like the idea of stock. Do you want to buy high and sell low? No. That's what most people do. That's why there's so much money made in the stock market. <laughs> yeah. When everybody's making money in the stock market, what's everybody do? Okay, so I love Warren Buffett. He's got this great saying yes. about, um, let me think, you know, you run the other direction when people are, you know, when people buy are fearful. Buy when nobody wants it. Yeah, yeah, it's when people are fearful is when you need to jump. And yeah. when people are, are confident, that's when you need to be fearful. Yes. So what did you just tell me your customers right now that are what? Fearful. When's Should be buying. 
should Bingo. be buying. And I don't disagree with that. But can you share some numbers with me? I'm like so anxious so for you to get up here and start drawing. Let's first finish up. <laughs> and hopefully, can you guys still hear me as I stand yeah. up? Yeah. Okay. So Fry, so tell me in my ear if you can't hear them very well. Let's start off with the original, which was a $500,000 house. Uh-huh. You had to pay five fifty. Yep. Today, you're buying four fifty. For the same house. Same house. End up with a hundred thousand dollars difference. Uh huh. Today than you had back then. Right? Uh huh. For a payment of only two hundred dollars more. That's what it comes out to. Even though the rate is double. Yeah. Two hundred dollars more in payment. Because you're borrowing so much less. Exactly. So mm -hmm. that hundred thousand dollars different in mortgage, two hundred dollars savings. Mm -hmm. This is if you are doing it at a standard deal. Yeah. Right now, even with this, can you get seller concessions? I'm paying, I'm getting seller concessions all day long. The one I just told you guys about, we paid three points. Yeah. We offered it, in fact, in our listing. For two points, you can do a three, two, one buy down. Yeah. So you start out 3% lower. Probably with your payment less than $200 difference. So right. now, actually for the first year, if you do a three, two, one buy down, so go over here and we're gonna say three, two, one buy down. For those of you who don't know what that is, is let's say the rate is seven, eventually, it'd be six, five, four. four. So you start out with a 4%. Mm -hmm. Go up to five, go up to six, go up to seven. I'd love a 4% interest rate today. Mm -hmm. So you'll end up saving about $300 your first month. So you're not $200 higher, you're actually $300 cheaper. Uh -huh. Second year is about $100. Third year is you're gonna lose about 10. And maybe wait, wait, on third year, wouldn't that be a good time to maybe refinance out of that loan? Here's the great part. So the, this is a prepaid. The reason this works is a three, two, one buy down uh -huh. is the seller is prepaying the interest difference for you. Okay. So when you go to refinance, they actually, this money is held in an escrow account. Mm -hmm. Whatever you don't use, mm -hmm. they lower your principal balance when nice. you refinance. So right. your seller is huge plus. basically prepaying for your your refinance and or if it's And you said that was year. only with two points because right now I'm seeing three points all day long. Yeah. With two points, you can get a three, two, one buy down. So then another point, pay you down some closing costs. You know, right. buyers are back in business. Sellers are paying for home warranties again. Yeah. So making you, repairs. So those are the things that you need to add over there, Eric, is yeah. they're making repairs today. They're paying concessions today. Repairs, they're cleaning their house today. <laughs> you know, maybe even staging it. It looks cute. Right. So all those things you can now buy cheaper. Now, why do we believe rates are going down? Now, I know the answer to that. Let's hear it. But I don't want to sound stupid. I'd rather you say it. <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing is you do, it, it's it's just the, the way the Federal Reserve acts. So every time we go into a recession, which yes. we are technically in a recession right yes. now, other than they've changed the rules of the definition of a recession. Oh, so it's no longer if, the GDP so, for two quarters or whatever. Right. So they've changed that. But the reality is if you go off the old rule, we are in a recession. Well, we are in a recession. We are. So in a recession, they're going to eventually, as we're seeing, they've they've they turned off the spigot too tight. So yep. we're already seeing Yeah, inflation, inflation coming down coming a little down. bit. Yep. And as they start to realize that we're in a panic mode, they're gonna start to drop rates. Mm -hmm. And finding this half a medium right now is gonna be next to impossible. The they're reason, trying to balance the scales. I use the gas pedal. Okay, so they go. raise interest rates to slow the vehicle mm -hmm. and they're over slowing and then they're gonna lower interest rates to okay. get momentum moving again. Yeah. yeah. So the inflation that we're in today is because we printed three and a half trillion dollars during COVID and we threw it. Oh. <laughs> you mean that cost inflation? No way. That was like I Free actually money? our CEO of Berkshire Hathaway, like Mr. Head Honcho, over like eighty thousand people did a similar presentation, and when he talked about how much money we printed during yeah. COVID versus what we had done over the entire history of the United yes. States, yes. 
That I've just heard made me so sick. a number as high as 40% of all the money that's ever been printed was printed during, during COVID. COVID. Well, no, so I, so I've we had four too. trillion in circulation before COVID mm -hmm. and we threw three and a half trillion more. Yeah, so okay, there you go, yeah. we doubled it. So how do you slow that down? Raising rates doesn't do a thing. No, you had to wait till it kind of like the pig through the snake, it worked itself through. Everything will eventually- Well, they're pooling money out of the market. Yeah. That's essentially what's So happening. that's how they're getting the pig through the snake. Yeah. But it, and if, if you don't believe me, it, it, it really makes the rich get richer. Go and, and Google. We see it right now. Eric, you know what? We just did a previous show, PV and Scottsdale and all yep. those more affluent neighborhoods. Yeah, they're not dropping. They're not dropping. Those sellers are not having to give up concessions. Their values are holding tight because the demand is still there for yep. those guys. Exactly. Well, it's inflation's not affecting them. No, my average Joes are the ones that can't buy Correct. today. They're the ones that are feeling the That's pinch. why it's homes under 600,000. Homes under 600. Just look at two of the richest men in the world. Go to Elon Musk and go to Jeff Bezos and say, what were they worth in 2019? Oh God. Compare it to 2022. It's just disgusting. Now the one surprising is Jeff Bezos is almost identical. Really? But he went through a divorce and gave half away. Oh. And he's still identical. <laughs> okay, so. He gave 200 billion to his ex-wife. Did he just, I think I saw on the news this morning that isn't it him who wants to give up $100 billion to charity? I think it is. I did see that. I and think it he's is. asked somebody to come and do that on his behalf. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. The person he should bring, do you know who most people use for that? Who? Kathy Ireland. Really? No kidding. That's not surprising. She is the ninth most recognized uh, brand in the entire world. Wow. Kathy Ireland is? Kathy Ireland is. I had is. no idea. Uh, uh, I'm going to forget the name. Who was the godmother to Michael Jackson? Um, Liz Taylor. Liz Taylor. She left her fortune to her, and Warren oh. Buffett, she handles most of his philanthropy. Really? Yeah. yeah, I think he did 32 billion when I came on board with Berkshire, and that's so I was like, ooh, or 37 billion or something. That sounded impressive then. That's Kathy Ireland runs a lot of his for him. Wow, so, I had no idea. Yeah, go, go, Kathy. All right, come on to my okay. show anytime you want, Eric. Keep going. So, um, <laughs> other things that you have to watch for. So, when we start talking about the mortgage market, uh -huh. rates going up the way they did, a lot of buyers today have had to pay points. Yes. And the reason for that is because the secondary market right now is not as liquid as it once was. So, Ooh, so that's another key thing. Secondary market, not as liquid as it once was. Most of my clients would never understand what you just said. What does that mean to them? So it means that all the securitizers and asset managers in the world. The ones that say, let's loan money or not loan money, those people? Not so much, because they're not the ones necessarily loaning or not loaning. They're the ones buying the servicing rights. Mm. So. Fannie and Freddie provide liquidity. Yes. And FHA um, insures. insures. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then if you're a servicer, so let's say Amerifers, we can be a servicer. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking, there's two ways to make money. You have yield spread premium and you have service release premium. Those okay. are the two ways. And then you have points. Points. Right, this is the way mortgage companies make money. So I'm mm -hmm. guessing the points is what they have to do today to make money because they're not making money on the first two categories. So yield spread premium is still there. This still exists. Okay. So on this you can say, okay, if the rate is six, it's worth X. If it's seven, it's worth Y. Mm -hmm. Service release is where the majority of the money is made. So you have two different ways to make money on this. Okay, I do know the you answer You know where this. this is going. Yes. yes. I did know the answer, but I'm glad I didn't say it wrong. And you have FHA. Yes. Or let's call it Jenny. Jenny, okay, right. our government loans. Yep. So Jenny, if you were a servicer for Jenny, you make 50 basis points a year. Mm -hmm. Now the danger of servicing Jenny is because it's a bond as a servicer, whether the customer makes the payment or not, you have to make the payment. That's why they pay more. Mm -hmm. So That makes sense. Um, 
like when when they did the whole forbearance thing when the quick uh, yeah. when yeah. Um, COVID first came out, and every servicer on the planet sent their people to Washington. It's because the amount of Jenny product that they owned, like, it could have bankrupted bankrupt them overnight. Wow. Like Quicken Loans held. They got a release of that, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Without it, the amount of money they would have had to pay would have would have bankrupted almost everybody. Conventional, because you don't have to guarantee it, it pays 25 basis points a year. So what that means is as a servicer, um, the rate is, say, seven. That means six and three quarters goes to Fannie. You get a quarter. I get a quarter. Or if it's Fannie Mae, I get half and they get six and a half. So servicers genuinely, genuine, genuinely like government loans. Depends, because, again, if you are holding it and they don't make the payments, you're, you're on still the making. hook. Your so payments. There's more liability for the, it. The, the risk is higher. That's why. Kind of like a landlord during COVID. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. It, it, it is an it it can pay more, but Jenny there's Mae typically risk. has higher default percentages, um, mm-hmm. and so there's more risk. Well, then there's multipliers. So if people believe the average service release premium is a four multiplier, which would mean on a conventional loan that's worth 100 basis points, and on a Jenny Mae loan it's worth 200 basis points. Okay. So 1% of the loan amount or 2% of the loan amount. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so significant numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right now, service release premiums trade at zero. So 100 basis points on Fannie Mae fell out of the market, and 200 basis points on Jenny Mae fell out of the market. Why do they, what do you mean by fall out of the market? Maybe so, uh, explain the, the basis who, point to a consumer, because that's basically how they make their money, right? That's their... Well, so that's how a, how a lender makes it. An yeah. originator mm-hmm. who chooses not to service. Like, it's everyone's playing this game. What are they worth? Should I keep it? Should I hold it? Like, right now, if I... So it almost sounds like the stock market happening behind it, the scenes. 100%. It's, it's the same thing. It's a that's bunch of bean like. counters who are all... And this trades all the time. This is why you see that your your payment gets sold to banks yeah. all the time. It's because people are making the bet. Went of, from Wells to Mr. Cooper correct. to wherever. It's what were right. they willing to pay for the servicing of that mm-hmm. loan? Or do your people think that everybody is get, like if you think everyone's getting ready to refi? You which don't everybody wanna, thinks they will, which is why there's no them. value, and that's why people are having to pay points in order to close Correct. escrow today. You're going to pay for us to do your loan up front because we're because not going to get, get the paid servicing. to do it on the back end. Yeah, because you're just going to turn back around tomorrow. Which, by the way, so every servicing <laughs> lender and or even originator lenders. So as an originator lender, you're on the hook for six months. So if you don't make your six months worth of payments. So this is where people All the money we really mess you guys up. Yes. Somebody we have to give within six months. Yes. Six payments. Six payments. Oh, that's Which true. Is more it could like be a lot eight longer. Months. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Depending on when they yeah. close. But if you're a servicer and you paid 100 basis points or 200 basis points to buy a loan, your break even's four years. So that's painful. So if you yeah, if you pay off in the first four years, they lost money on your bet. So when people buy and they I don't think know, that I don't rates feel too are sorry going about down, the banks losing money, but keep going. <laughs> Fair enough, but we still need them. Yeah. Right. So yeah, we do. The, the problem is, is when you don't have them and they and they they lose money, they start going, okay, well, I'm not going to pay a four. I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to pay you zero. Yeah. And now, Mr. Customer, you're paying points. points. So it basically equates out to our consumers are paying for it one way or the other. Yep. It no ifs, ands, or buts. Either they're going to buy a house today, date the rate, marry the house, divorce the landlord. And they'll be refinancing right. most likely, so they're going to have to pay points today, which, you know, we'd rather get the points out of our sellers because the sellers are paying points again. Well, and that's the benefit, and, and it's also a tax advantage to the buyer. And then you go refinance in six months or whenever 
Tara and Eric say right. it's safe to. It's the reason why the temporary interest rate buy down makes the most sense because that money is the buyer's money. Right. They're not just throwing that money away. If you pay three well, discount I like points. I that you said that it goes back onto the principal of the yes. loan. Yes. They don't even use it all. If you pay three discount points and in a year from now you refinance, uh -huh. that it's money's lost. gone. It's gone. That's terrible. Which is why the temporary interest rate buy down is such a phenomenal solution to our market conditions today. So, end of story. Just buy a house today, you guys. Yes, and there are plenty finance. of solutions Quit out there to do. Rates that are out there because if it's if, even if Tara tells you it's seven, if you got points to do four, who cares? It's six and a half today. Even better. <laughs> so you probably go lower than four on uh, a three, two, one buy down. Right. If the seller's paying for it. Why wouldn't somebody do it? Well, it, so what I hear a lot is is that I believe the market's going to drop further. Now, that is what people are saying. So here's the two things. Number one, if that's the case, offer less. Yeah. You may not get the exact house you wanted because mm -hmm. that exact house depends on where the seller's at. Yeah. But if you want to buy a house for 10% less, okay, make the offers. You might win. But here's where it's going to turn. And this is the part where I, I mentioned earlier when you try and time the market. If you believe that rates are going down, which I think every one of us in yeah. this room does, and right. we believe they're going down within first quarter of next year, which yeah. again is, is pretty it's much what everyone with believes. Everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, knowing and that, we're that, already that seeing it. the right. servicing lenders right now are saying, because if they put a value of zero, that means they don't believe these loans will be around for even one year. Yeah. Because they thought they were one year, they'd pay 25 basis points. They're not paying points. crap to service anything. Maybe they'll get to refinance them. So maybe that's a reason and enticement for them to service. So, that, that, well, they're buying them right now because they can get them for zero. So if I can buy a loan for zero servicing and you're going to sell it to me, yes. My goal is when you go to refinance, I'm, I'm the gonna, one doing it. I'm going to mm -hmm. come and do it. But when rates drop, we went from selling eight to twelve thousand homes a month in Arizona to selling six thousand. Mm -hmm. So let's say just to make easy numbers that there's two thousand people every month who are sitting on the sidelines, mm -hmm. and I'm going to say that started in August. Oh yeah, probably even June. June. Okay, so. June, July, August, September, October, November, December, we have pent -up January, demand. February, March. This is the pent-up buyer demand. I, so feel, I feel the momentum if, hitting me right now. If we wait till March, that's 10 months at 2000 a pop. That's 20,000 buyers who are going to hit the market all at once. And they're going to gobble up all their inventory. Many, what's the inventory at right now? 20,000? We're at 22,000 today. Mm -hmm. So imagine... And that's in, not including the, act, or the uh, homes under contract. Pen, right, pending. So imagine what happens when all those people hit the market on the exact same day. I'm going to hate my life. It's going to be terrible. That's why we're going to vacation gonna be now. I'm going to be working the streets. It's yeah. going to, oh, it's like, seriously, 2021, I literally called my CEO, Eric, and I was in tears because I was working 18-hour days, mm -hmm. day in, day out, writing offers like crazy, and he felt sorry for me and bought one of my clients but a house in cash. how can we articulate that to our buyers today and way Eric that's enough did. to motivate them to make the move? Well, you know what I'm going to do? No joke. Anybody who tells me they're afraid, I'm going to ask them, them why, video. and I'm going to send them to watch this because it makes so much right. sense. Thank you for explaining what happens in the background with these loans because I think most people, they are so fearful, but they don't know what they're afraid of. Right. They just know that if they go on their Facebook, it's all negative, 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 negative. Well, and there's a difference between I'm fearful because I'm concerned I could lose my job. And I don't, I'm not sure that the stability of my job is there. That's a different story. It's a totally if different story. If you have a sound financial foundation yeah. and your job is secure, it's a phenomenal time to buy. I love it. I, I'm not even going to say anything else. You guys, just call me. 
Let's go buy some houses. <laughs> thank you, Eric, for coming on. Tara, as always, thank you for being such a big supporter of the show. Oh, thank you and for doing this. It's so important. Call my people over at Amera first. If you guys need some advice for anything when it comes to doing loans, you won't regret it. Thank you. What a great show, and thank you for joining us on our mutual journey to becoming unharmable and successful in all of our experiences while we're here in this school of life. We hope you enjoyed it. If you watched us on YouTube, please like and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Likewise, if you're catching us on one of our podcast platforms, be sure to follow us so you never miss out on another one of our shows again. Remember that if you ever have a question about real estate or any of the other topics we cover, Check us out on the web, www.gratefulheart.tv, for all of our links to connect with us. Hey, I'm on vacation every single day because I love my occupation. Hey, I'm on vacation every single day, every, every single day.